Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Something Something Podcast. My name is Eric Kasloff, and with me, as always, is Larry Sands. Party on, Larry. Party on, Eric. Party on. And how are you doing this good night, my friend? You know what? I am doing pretty darn good uh, because I, I must confess. So this is the Monday after the opening uh, football game of the NFL, right? And normally when, 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 when everybody has their teams and the stakes are high, it's the start of the game, right? Start of the season and, and everybody is just, you know, going crazy. So my team obviously won, which I'm super Blatantly excited. Cheating, Larry. Blatantly cheating. Oh, wow. Sounds like somebody is super butthurt. Okay, let's, wow. get, let's get into what we talked about yesterday. So Let's do it. Let's do I it. I grew up for the first half of my life, maybe 20 minutes away from Giant Stadium. Yes. I now live again after 20 years, maybe 20 minutes away. So it's safe to say I'm a Giants fan. Yes. Larry, because, you know, he grew up in Texas, is a Cowboys fan. So we have a bet going. Yes, we do. Which of our teams are going to win the division? If the Cowboys have a better record than the Giants, I have to put on a suit and be hit and have a bucket of ice water dropped on my head. Uh Not, you know, the water part, not the bucket, because that might kill me. And Larry has to do the same thing, wear a suit, and have ice water thrown on him. Oh, wait, wait, that was the bet? I thought it was just going to be about you. No, no, it's both. Oh, wait, I don't know about that. No, no, we're going to do this thing. We're going to do this thing. Okay, so usually we we used to, back when we were cool, we would open the show up with what (laughs) movies we're working on. Well, right right now, Hillsborough Road, I have to change a script that was set into the in the 80s to be set nowadays. It's pretty much done. I just have to swap references and add in cell phones. I will do a whole episode of the show just talking about that. Me and Larry tried doing that, and we ended up talking about Gary Busey for about 30 minutes. And okay, everybody, you have got you've got to support us on this. We're trying to get Gary Busey on the show. You know, he's he's on a, a new off Broadway show in New York. And um, my fear is Gary Busey would never leave the podcast, Larry. He would be on constantly, <laughs> which is which is going to be great for us because we've got a built-in fan, <laughs> right? And and a podcast host yeah, that could I'll never go wrong. Be cool with redoing the meatball sandwich scene from Point Break with me <laughs> at the start of every episode. I would be totally good with Gary Busey becoming the third host. I, I think I think he I think he'll go for that. I think, and we're still waiting on a, a tweet from Gary Busey because we tweeted him out. Please, Gary, please come on. Um, Thank other you. Things- this is this is going to probably go up pretty soon, but check out um, the other podcast we did that should be up. It's called the um, Something Something about the 2019 Black Christmas remake. It's yes. where we talk about my fan cut of the trailer and me and Larry's hopes and dreams about a certain movie get destroyed over a trailer that we thought was good, but man... But it also, we're going to get into our segue into our guest. 
guys, next Saturday, me and Larry are going to do the greatest phone call joke in the history of the world. No, no, we wait. Don't give it away. Don't get away. Don't give it away. Okay. You well, can't. we'll tell our guest afterward because <laughs> yeah. of the the things she works in. She, I think, she'll love this prank. Yes, but for the le- legal ramifications about our guest. <laughs> okay, so ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Spotify, please welcome our guest for this evening. She's a model. She's an actress. She, I think she's an entrepreneur is what it sounds like. Um, she is, oh, and this is a big one too. And, and this is what, um, uh, what caught my attention really was um, she is an advocate for, and I don't know how to put this except I'll just say it, for breast implant removal. I, I hope that's right. But let's find out. Let's bring her on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Please welcome Rachel Blaze. Hello, Rachel. Rachel. Thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. Hi, you guys. Thanks for having me. And hey. it's breast implant illness. Breast, you <laughs> know, I was close. But, you were close. You were close. But, but now let me, okay, so we're going to start, let's, let's, we're going to kick the show off with the bang. So breast implant illness, is there, can, do you need to get them removed? Yeah. Well, that depends on if you have symptoms. Uh, In my case, in 100,000 other women, there are over 40 or 50 toxinogenic uh, uh, chemicals in an implant, whether it be saline or silicone. The shell is made out of a silicone shell. And within 24 hours, all those chemicals are leached into the system within 24 hours. If, if, if there's like a, a leak, right? No, no, that's what they see. That's what the problem is. is the misconception is, is that it's not necessarily a leak that will cause an autoimmune. It's an aggressive response. Um, wow. And unfortunately, you get stuck in that syndrome. It's a syndrome. They overseas, they call it Asia syndrome. And uh, a lot of women have the autoimmune responses like lupus or fibromyalgia, but they don't actually have that. It's just a reaction from the silicone toxicity in their body. And no, it does not have to leak, nor does it have to rupture. It's just the chemicals that the implant is made out of itself. Whoa. Okay. So if, if everybody can see my face, I'm, I'm kind of listening <laughs> to this. My mind is blown. Um, because obviously I was under the impression that, that, that stuff that you just mentioned would just be in your body. Like if there's a leak, but it's just really, that's not the case at all. It sounds like. Oh no, that's not, that is definitely not the case. And even the FDA has admitted back in March of this year when they had their two day meeting, um, that within 24 hours, the chemicals are leached into the system. And they do cause havoc on the immune system, unfortunately. Um, I'm still, I explanted in February 1st, yay, because I, yeah. okay. I almost died twice. Oh my and God. Uh, it, was, it was something horrendous, 25 specialists. There is no test to test for breast implant illness. It's either you have the symptoms of it or you don't. Not all women react, but for the most, for the majority, 
everybody I talk to, they have symptoms. They just haven't put two and two together that it's their implants. Wow. Oh my God. So it, oh, so I'm kind of at a loss because, because people jumping on the show right now and starting to listen to this go, what did I just turn on to? But, (laughs) but, but, but this is a good thing because the thing about our show is I like to think that it's, it's, it's a creative podcast and we talk to, you know, a lot of great creative people. Um, but there's a thing about being creative. You have a creative life and you have your real life, you know, and Sometimes when you're super lucky, you can, they can blend together and you can be like Brad Pitt or Johnny yeah. Depp or fill in the blank of a movie star, right? But, yes. but this, is, this is the part that I think all creative people have to do is they have to um, deal, and I put that in quotes, with the real world and struggles and things that are going on in our lives. And um, it sounds like that uh i mean that's that's a big giant part um of what what made you decide now now i'm getting like really crazy here because this is what a lot of i think maybe girls go through right um, oh absolutely absolutely what, what, what made you decide to get breast implants um let's see back then i had children and i had them early And so I was still young and vibrant and Mm -hmm. careless what my boobies looked like. Uh, I had no, I just didn't care. Um, But the the modeling agencies, unfortunately, they do care. And there's there's a huge emphasis on women's breasts and the perfection that a woman is supposed to have. But technically, a woman is not to be perfect. Yeah. There are going to be some imperfections. Yeah. Um, and I decided after doing research, and unfortunately, um, they don't have as much information as there is today. But back then in 2000, I believe it was 2007 when I got my implants, um, saline I thought was the safest. And I, I went to a few surgeons, picked the one I wanted, and obviously... I went with saline because I thought that was the safest. Silicone at the time was just brought back onto the market. It was recalled for a period of time as it is again today. Um, Unfortunately, you know, now we know that these implants have been causing women cancer. A very, and they call it rare. It's not a rare cancer at all. Um, In fact, now there's, there's one big one. And then there's two other ones that are associated with breast implants now. Oh man. And, and I, I promise this is going to be, um, this is, this is going to fall into your career because again, yes. it's like you said, I think, you know, I think girls, but even guy models, right. They do, you know, probably have to do certain things to just like everything else. Right. And it's, we do it. Oh, it's, go very ahead, go compe- ahead. it's very competitive and Unfortunately, and thank God, the world is starting to kind of come to light with now we've got plus size models. Now we've got skinny models. We've got short models. We've got impetigo type of models or, or women that have like multicolors of their skin. Like yeah. it's amazing how far it has come, yeah. but we are still with the Kardashians. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. just going to put it out there. 
Um, we are still living in that time where everything is to be perfected in order to be accepted. And that yeah. is incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely agree. Um, uh, so, okay. So let's do like a, a complete, maybe 180 <laughs> yeah, and, let's and do it. go back. Let's, let's go back. Um, uh, when did you, what came first being a model or an actress? Okay, being a model came first. Actually, a multimedia personality. I did media in MMA and boxing, okay. combat sports. Yes. Okay. Okay. And and then I developed a nonprofit for kids and fighters. And then from that point, I wanted to expand my horizons to do something. I I felt like I have a little more talent in other things besides media. Um. So I divulged myself into modeling, and I did that for. Oh gosh, for a while I've been published. I'm getting ready to be published again. And um, I actually, now this is what's going to be interesting. So a friend of mine, you want to talk about bets. Okay. So my friend made a bet with me and said, Hey, this haunted house is, uh, they're hiring for actors and very top name, like number one across the country haunted house. And I was like, you're crazy. I am not applying for that. You are nuts. That's not the type of acting I'm looking for. So, <laughs> um, but, um, I did. A, and it was funny because I applied. I was like, fine, forget it. I, Cause I wanted to win the bet. I was like, fine, I'll apply for it. And soon enough, I get a call. I go in there, they interview me. They're like, Oh my gosh, we want you to be like this devil enchantress. And like, do you mind if your breasts show? And I was like, uh, I, what kind of showing, like, you know, broad type showing, I'm cool with that. Um, and so it was interesting because I actually started doing it and I loved it. Okay. You talking about, I don't know anybody else who could do it, but I chanted the entire night, the entire night on several nights in the church. We call it the church. That's where <laughs> the devil hangs out on the, on the podium. So that's where I was. And I have all these cute little pictures. Actually, they used to call me, um, okay, don't laugh. Okay, this is going to be kind of comical. They called me the pentagram titty because they would draw <laughs> the pentagram on my titties. So that's what, yeah, that's what the makeup artist called me. This like, one of the extreme haunts or a classic haunt? Oh, they are a little bit of both. Pretty extreme. I don't and, like extreme haunts where they lock people in. Oh, no, no, they won't do that. Now, if you oh, okay, want to do okay. yeah, the Basement of the Dead does not do that. Okay, uh, good, good. But they do have, like, it's scary. I mean, I've been to several haunted houses, and this is probably the top one here in the state of Illinois, and it's well worth going to see. I have noted, were they in that documentary, Haunters, that came out a few years ago? I'm not sure. I want to say okay. yes, because I know that they come out to our, our production every year. Um, it's pretty exciting. But I'd like to expand my horizons into doing more things. So now I'm playing a character called Lustra and the book Hell's Embrace. So we're trying to turn that into a series, which is pretty exciting. Oh, wow. Nice, nice. And 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 everybody, I know you're probably looking at, at uh, like, if you go to our Instagram, we'll have a, a picture up of Rachel. And she's got this beautiful, fiery red hair. So it's really freaking great. And and I can, Lustra, right? Yes. Lustra. And, and, and I think everybody will know why. You'll know why. That's good. That's good. Um, 
just smaller boobies this time around. <laughs> just a little bit smaller. You know, which is a good thing, which is not yeah. a bad thing at all. You know, um, when I did love you- my body. I love mm-hmm. my boobs now. I'm just going to say, I just had see, to add that in there. See, that's the thing. It's so in for everybody, you know, having an acceptance of your body. We don't talk about it, but all of us struggle with that big time. Um, we've talked about this on the show, Larry. I have neurofibromatosis and my right leg is really deformed. And for years, I struggled with acceptance of my body. Even today at 38 years old, I'm embarrassed of it, but, you know, I'm working on it because it is important because you look at yourself in the mirror at least 90 times a day within the hour. And if, you know, you're not happy with what you see, it's going to affect everything about yourself. You know, the battle of the mind is an important thing to win. Very very true. And living in a world and a society where everything has to be particularly perfect. Um, I'm here to tell you, I love my body. And I love the fact that I had, I mean, I, I don't regret, I guess I, I regret getting them. I, I made a bad choice, but I don't regret removing them. I hated them. I'm going to be real honest with you. They were heavy. They were flotation devices. They were in my way. They didn't fit clothes. And, and, and now I have less penis pictures in my, in my emails and my Instagram and all that uh, stuff. So now I don't have peekaboos anymore. And I have less of people actually staring at my breast. I have people who stare at my face now. Yeah. yeah. And so the attention is a lot different. Now people take you a little bit more seriously. They take you a little bit more professionally. And that's the best part of this entire thing And now I can take it and turn it and say, hey, I would advise you not to get your breast implants because accept what you have, love who you are and make it work because it's all you got. If you do get a type of plastic surgery, then you're just going to wonder what else can I fix? What can I, but that's what anything, you know, you think, oh, if I buy this car, I'll be happy. Well, now that I need this, I need this to go with it. But if you're not happy with what you have right now, you won't be happy with anything. That is so true. So true. Very, very true. I am the happiest I've I've been in a long time. And even with having implants, you still have that um, small insecurity because once you start doing plastic surgery, you open the door for more and more and more insecurities. And then more things come up and you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars and trying to perfect a body that was already made to be the way it was supposed to be. Well, yeah, so I'll use hard. my example really quick. Like, I had some of the, my leg was even worse two years ago. It's a little better now, but when I look at it, I still see the big problem. A better example, people who have gastric bypass surgery. You know, a lot of them talk about they still go through depression because they still see themselves, you know, as really, really obese because they don't do the work on their mind that change what really matters, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Man, I, I, this is good because it's, you know, every time Erica, Eric and I always comment on, you know, there's always uh, guests that come on and, and make you think and make you think about your life and in a good way, because, you know, that's the most important thing. Um, and this is one of those episodes and, you know, uh, there's somebody out there listening right now going, oh my gosh, this is me. Yeah. This is me to yes. the you know, and um, I, I think that's the hardest part about being an actor for me, right? Because, you know, like being out there and having to look at yourself, but then you kind of get used to it. But then I don't think you really ever get used to it. Um, and, and especially now with like Instagram and all oh. the social media, it's kind of ridiculous and hurtful um, yeah. because you know, I mean, I was just thinking to myself, it's like, oh man, how do people look so perfect? And then I, then I think to myself, it's like when we, we grew up in the nineties, right. In early two thousands, looking at magazines and, um, like all these, all these like pictures are made up and stuff, but that's what it is. Right. And, and it's not necessarily a bad thing to, to get fixed up and to, to, um, uh, uh, to to look yourself right Mm -hmm. it's not a bad thing to portray yourself as an actor and your professional self but sometimes i think it's even better and more of a challenge to just go like hey this is who i am today deal with it people right messy hair and like yes i think i think people relate more to a real person than someone who is constantly made up and can't get out of bed and be like, Hey, this is me. Like the other day I I was in, I flew out to New York and, um, I was doing a TV show and they asked to interview me. So I was out there and I, I did a bedroom selfie. I woke up that morning. I was like, no makeup, no eyelashes. You know, the lashes are really long. Um, you know, just plain Jane. (laughs) And I got so many people that were like, Oh my God, Rachel's a real person. Yes. I'm a real person. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I have flaws and I embrace my flaws now before I, I mean, I wasn't really insecure about myself or my breasts. It wasn't until the two modeling agencies here in Chicago that were like, um, you're not going to get any, any gigs because, well, you don't look like this woman in a bikini. It's like, have you heard of push up bras or have you pushed uh, ads in your bra? I'm like, hello. You know, actually, so this is good because this, this, this like fits the whole like actor model thing. And yes. I, since we're on the, and since we're on the subject, right. Did anybody see, uh, um, Demi Lovato? I think she oh looks fantastic. Oh my God. Yes. Right? I was like, Ooh, I have big thighs. Yeah. I have, I have thighs. I don't have big thighs like her, but I got thighs. Okay. Yeah. And when she posted that picture, I was like, hallelujah for the thigh women out there. Cause we, got, I have hips, I got butt, I got thighs. And it's like, and, and people look at you like in the industry and they're like, oh, you're not tall and skinny. And, oh, you're not gonna, you're not gonna fit this size. And we can't use right. you in production. Are you kidding me? These sides can do a lot of work. I'm just saying. <laughs> Much like, um, uh, who is it? Uh, BB Rexa. About yes. like when she went to the Grammys and stuff. See, I, I go through like the Yahoo and all that. And then yeah. you know, <laughs> Rebel Wilson's career is really yeah. encouraging. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I think, I think, um, I think uh, all I know that it's just super hard for people out there. Yeah. 
uh, you know, in the industry. And, and thank you. Thank you, Rachel, for being <laughs> like open and honest um, about everything today. So thank you. Thank you. Now, what I really want to talk about and peak my ear is the MMA. I yeah. want to talk about, because I just am getting into the MMA, like the UFC. Okay. I've been into it. So, the way I got into MMA is a funny story. I am a lifelong wrestling fan. In fact, before this started, I was watching Raw. So when I was about <laughs> 12, my grandma went to the video store and this, and she got me the first UFC VHS tape when oh, wow. the first show, when it was in the world, we had like the weird, and there was no weight class. Yes. Anything. Yes. Because she got it thinking, you know, hey, it's guys in shorts fighting, it's wrestling, he'll like it. <laughs> but I put it on and my mind was blown by what I was watching. <laughs> it's amazing it's intense it's a bloody sport it's oh, discipline man. and it's it's integrity and it's i mean i could say so many things about about it i'm so addicted to the sport and i had been for a long time and now i kind of understand because i fought a battle i wasn't literally in you know the ring or in a cage anywhere but i was in my own fight my own battle and so Relating to these fighters, I mean, it takes a lot of work and you got to push through the hard work to get to where you want to be. And it's kind of like what happened with my illness. I had to push through it and really fight hard to get to the end of it. Hey everybody, this is Eric with the Something Something Podcast, and I'm here today to tell you some cool news. We have decided to start a Patreon, and since we're new to the Patreon game, we're going to keep our tiers low, and we're only going to have two for right now. So, for $1 a month, you will get to hear the show on Monday, while the rest of the world has to wait till Friday. For $3 a month, you will get our monthly picks. That is where me and Larry will tell you about the movies, TV shows, video games, books, and music we are currently listening to. And hey, I just want to give a big thank you to our listeners for being the best part of the Something Something podcast. So, Rachel, I have to ask you one thing that piqued my little ears when you were mentioning everything cool that you have done and, and do is let's talk about MMA if we can. And I'm a novice, but I am into the UFC. So <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me all about your escapades in the UFC or the, MM, or the MMA escapades. Well, it's a good thing you have little ears because that comes in handy when you're, you know, in MMA production. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I just, God. I just thought I'd throw that in there. My little ears. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Brock Lesnar's ears, people? It is disgusting. I'm sorry, Brock. I'm sorry, Brock Lesnar. Please, I'm sorry. I'm a big fan. He's got big ears, right? Or he's got little ears? No, he's, he's, oh, he's got big ears. Way, Larry. His, you know, are, his are swollen. He's got the cauliflower ear. Poor guy. You know, actually, um, I was watching the Khabib fight. Uh, this weekend. Oh, that was great. Dude, I'm telling you. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? He, um, uh, Poirier, right? Yes. Poirier, he, he should not be ashamed of himself. 
No, not because at all. He did super, super good. Um, <laughs> and um, I was like, whoa. He stood up and he took it. And he, he had Khabib. He had him going back. But then, I don't know, man. He's a beast. Khabib is a beast, I tell you. So, yeah. Now, a lot of people get, you know, MMA confused with UFC. It's like everybody thinks wrestling is WWE. But did you work for UFC or other MMA brands? There were other MMA brands and productions that I worked like Bellator? with. Bellator? Yeah. I have done Bellator. Yes, I have. And that was exciting. Um, that was here in, well, actually, it was at the Horseshoe Casino in Indiana, right on the border. And uh, I had the media passes, so we were able to sit with the oh, fighters oh, and ask oh. questions and be with the other media guys. Of course, you know, I was the only coolest redhead there. But That's right. I, you know, <laughs> I, I got to throw this in. That red hair probably gets you noticed <laughs> everywhere. So, everywhere that's, cool. that's cool. <laughs> everywhere it's so funny um yeah uh the red hair is definitely what i built a brand off of is my red hair it's a signature so i get a lot of people like what color is it i can't tell you what color it is if i told you my <laughs> secrets uh, i'd have to kill you <laughs> that's right. exactly i'm about to take you down um but yeah it's exciting it's lights it's camera it's action it's um, music and it's oh my god your blood gets pumping and the fighters come out on stage and they get up to the you know to the the octagon and they're like whoa you know and they're they're oh it's just so much adrenaline going through everyone's blood at a show and um, all the way down from production all the way up to uh, managers and coaches and ring girls. Oh, let's talk about the ring girls, right? Everybody wants to talk about the ring girls. <laughs> I think they literally call them octagon girls because I remember yes. talking about that. <laughs> yes, they have changed that now, and that is correct. So I'm sorry, but actually, there the octagon here um, is actually signature licensed through the UFC, so nobody else can really, really? use that size oh, octagon wow. um it's interesting nobody knows that but um yeah ufc has a i believe a copyright i'm not a copyright they have it i forget what they they were the first ones to use it and so they are the only ones who can use that particular size and um wow. it's it's interesting there's a lot of behind the scenes that you don't know about that goes on and it's pretty it's pretty awesome i mean gosh i mean let's talk about the guys that put the cages together and and put that <laughs> octagon those guys are working until late after we yeah. all have, you know, seen the fights and we're all leaving the, the, you know, the, the venue, those guys are there for two, three hours afterwards, breaking everything down and, you know, making sure that it's put away properly and not damaged. Uh, it's a huge production. Yeah. They're yeah. the true stars of the sport because if one little thing is wrong with that cage, like yes. in, I'm going to use wrestling again. If yes. something is wrong with the ropes, you know, Mick Foley loses his ear in Japan. Right. Yes. Actually, but, <laughs> and they don't ever get the thanks they deserve from the public. I'm sure behind the scenes, you know, they're all seen to be, you know, the cool people. Because again, that cage isn't right. You're going to, you're going to, everybody in the stands is going to get hurt. It's, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. It's yeah, it's definitely a it's definitely a a huge production. And then like here with the states, um, each each governing body has the decision to allow a show to continue or they will stop it before it even starts if it's not where it needs to be. So mm-hmm. it's a huge thing. I mean, it's uh, to, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars to put on a very good production yeah. and to make sure that your fighters are safe and properly paid, um, those type of things. So it's a huge production. Yeah. Now, it yeah. only was legalized in New York a few years ago, like maybe four, right? Maybe. Um, I think that was, I think that was, yeah, that was, could have been about four years ago. Yeah. No, I want to say five. I want to say long? five. Wow. Yeah. I really want to say that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's such a stigma on it, but now you've got kids. Let's talk about the kids. I did a lot of promoting yeah. and venues with the kids, um, anti-bullying programs. Um, what I did with my nonprofit was I started a combined challenge. So basically the kids were able to participate and I didn't want to just do a trophy. I wanted them to meet media people and I wanted them to see if they could get sponsors and, you know, actually an opportunity to see what it's like to be in the UFC or the Bellator, one of those bigger productions, because now you got to think about sponsors. You got to think about, you know, how am I going to promote myself? How are people going to see me? Um, You're, you're talking about your gym and, you know, expenses. It's very expensive. Um, some gyms are three, four hundred dollars a month just to be a part of a gym and get that training that you need in order to perform correctly. Wow. So, um, it's a lot of expense for a parent. And so, me coming from a background, yes, I was a single parent at one point. I was, and um, I knew how difficult it was for a child to participate in sports, whether it be outside of high school or school, um, or if it was something that they wanted to do extracurricular, it's expensive. And part of helping the youth was getting them into these programs without having to cost or break the pocketbook. Because there's a lot of kids who can't afford to do that, but they want to do it. Very talented. Let me tell you, I've met so many talented, talented children, um, that are quite capable of performing and even making it their dream happen and making it to the UFC. That's how good they are. Um, You just need someone who goes in and markets and promotes them and teach them. And that's what I did with my nonprofit. I wanted them to see that you have the ability to get sponsors and you can, you know, seek out these things. All you have to do is write, you know, you can write these sponsors and say, Hey, I'm looking to be sponsored. And you know, things that kids, they don't know and parents don't, they, did, they yeah. didn't know back then. At that time, now it's, you know, you could easily send a letter or you could easily find somebody on Instagram and say, hey, I, I'd like to be a brand ambassador. Could you, you know, could you sponsor me? I would totally promote your product. So um, it's interesting, but I had the best time with the kids in all honesty. I mean, the fighters were great. And, what was the age range? Oh gosh, I had kids from uh, seven on up until high school. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Wow! I had That's... little, little tiny little boxers with their cute little <laughs> tiny little gloves, and they were so that is cute. That's so yes. cute. You know, that that's is... it's just what that does for a child's self-esteem yeah. to be doing yes. something like that. Because we talked about this with another person who worked with kids; they get addicted to success yeah yeah to do better and better at stuff 
And, I, and- want, I want to touch on that success, okay? I want to say one thing about that. Um, people look at me, sometimes look at me and say, oh, that's Rachel Blaze. And, oh, she, um, you know, she's not humble or she's not. I want to say to those who are on their way to the top and who are, are already there, Humble yourself and remember that you can mentor others and help others up as well. And that is something that was a big part of my success and the big part of my being able to communicate and be with these people and help them is the ability and the willingness to do it. When people make it to the top, that's all they see is the top. They don't see, hey, I was down here at the bottom. I was struggling. I'm the type of person where I like to grab a hand. Hey, you could come up here with me. You know, I'm not, obviously we're not going to let you use and abuse and, and take advantage, but you know, I don't like that stigma of the nose in the air and like, Oh, you got to figure it out. I like to help people along the way because I, I wasn't alone. People helped me too. Um, yeah. That's part of pioneering. That's part of being who you are. And again, that's part of people being able to relate to the real you, not the show business you, not the, you know, Kim Kardashian you, the real you, you know, transparent. And that was something that was always important to me was to be as transparent as possible um, so that people could relate. And that was my huge success. That was my success. And anything that I accomplished or anything I wanted to do was being transparent. Exactly. Yeah. Because the real success we have is how we impact others. Yes. That's like I used when I I had my old church, I used to work with the teenagers and little kids. And I mean, yeah, things there went bad. That's another story. But the, the faces on the kids when they would be having fun or they would learn something was always the best part of my day. Yes. And it's so it's so rewarding. I mean, we have lived in the times where everybody has, it's all for themselves, fend for yourself and for yourself. And I don't have that mentality. I never did. And I came from a very humble background myself. And I feel that given an opportunity to someone could change their entire world. And how dare I become selfish to hoard that just to myself when I can share it with somebody else and help them to the top too. And that was one of my biggest pet peeves about people who made it where they wanted to be. And they, they just, they stumbled, they forgot where they came from. And it's like, you're, you're not, not, you know, just because you got a check mark next to your name doesn't mean you can't talk to people yeah. just because, you know, you're a supermodel on planet a doesn't mean that you can't talk to people. And, um, I really appreciate humble people and, you know, the ability, like, oh my gosh, when we were talking about the hurricane, the hurricane that just happened and all these superstars that are coming forward and and donating and, you know, giving their jets away and things like that, that is being humble. That is being, Hey, I'm not bigger and better than you. I'm in a better position. So let me help you. Yeah. You know, type of mentality. So that's something that's huge for me. Um, I relate to people who, you know, obviously are humble. And I just, I wanted to say that because I thought that was important that it doesn't matter how high up on the ladder you are, or if you're down at the bottom, that 
you should always be able to humble and talk to people irregardless to where your status is. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You know, life is a contact sport is, you know, and it's bad enough to, to try to, uh, like go through it on your own and trying to figure stuff out. Um, but, and, and I think, uh, I think being a mentor, I, I really love hearing that because you're, you're, I mean, you, you're, you're where you are. Right. And, and you're able to go and I, Actually, I'm kind of in awe right now, but I mean, <laughs> you're able to to look and go, hey, just like taking these kids into the MMA and showing them the that there it's a business. It's not just oh look and you know it, you're not just being a yes. fighter. This is not what just what's on TV. There's a whole like you know six months going up to that, and it's a business. And I think that's a important. lot of them. You know, they just throw themselves into it and they don't understand brand deals and things like that. I mean, we're learning that now with the podcast, you know, getting yeah. brand deals and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and that's, that's another thing too, is I think with the YouTube generation where everybody sees the success and they go, Oh, I want that. I can have that too. All I got to do is pick up a camera and, yeah. Don't Man, if it was that easy, YouTube stuff, Larry. <laughs> I know, I know. Everybody, I know. everybody would be doing it. That is I like, know. I mean, even with marketing and promoting, even some of the fighters and some of the kids that I did, that was a twenty-four hour job. You, you didn't yeah. just make one post a day. You had to make multiple posts. You yeah. had to keep everybody abreast of what this athlete was doing, and yeah. it's a full time job when you are marketing and promoting yourself. Look, I've marketed and promoted myself, Rachel Blaze, the redhead of MMA, media personality. It took night and day to get it out there. And it was not an easy process. There were nights where I didn't get to sleep. I'd wake up with insomnia or, you know, I would, I would be like a zombie the next morning. Like, what did I just do? You know, it's, (laughs) it's a process and you work hard at it. So I wanted these kids to understand, I got them back, back, uh, back, uh, backstage passes. They got to meet the fighters. They got to get their pictures taken with them. They got to shake hands. They got to see what they do backstage before they actually do a fight. They actually get to talk to the coaches and um, they hear the talk that goes on, the chatter that goes on backstage before they actually come out on the stage and start fighting. And so it's a whole production. And I wanted the kids to really understand that before they say, oh, I really want to be a UFC fighter. There's a lot that goes into it to become a UFC fighter. So, you know, you just want to make sure that they're educated and aware of what it takes to get there so that they're not disappointed so that they're not like, Oh, I just lost six fights in a row and I'm not going to make it. That's not true. You know, they don't get taken advantage of, you know, like they don't, they don't fall into a Don King. You're kind yes. of Costa in a lot of ways. Sports yes. and boxing people will get that reference. <laughs> it's, un- it's unfortunate. And, you know, and some industries, a lot of industries, it's all about the money. It's about yeah. the cash how much, yeah. and the audience and how many viewers you're going to get. And, yeah. uh, it, you know, I, I don't know if you guys, guys have noticed, but I've noticed a lot of sexuality in promoting different promotions and 
Um, even movies, when it comes to movies, it's a lot of sexual stuff. And oh, yeah. oh my gosh, I have to tell you this story. I was in, in, in New York, we were passing by and I was like, oh my God, look at that chick with the big boobs and the spaghetti and the spaghetti sauce just, you know, going all down her throat and like all like in her face. And I'm like, boy, that's a real sexual type of picture of like, come eat my spaghetti and balls. You know, it's like, oh my God. It's Watching all over people the- eat grosses me out. So that's <laughs> like, <know>. yeah. <laughs> But yeah. no, this was an actual picture of a woman with big boobs, obviously. Mm. And, you know, they're promoting their brand of, oh, come eat my spaghetti. But it was just kind of like, oh my God, it's very sexualized about spaghetti. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's really weird how everything is about that. Well, it's, I don't want to say it always was, but a oh, no, it always was. Our, yeah. I don't think it in was. like the 40s I, and 50s it was. Oh, like, no, it was. It, 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 was, it, it was. was. It's just not, it was not as prominent as it is now. That's it's everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. You've got it on the street. You've got it in videos. You've got it on TV. You got it. I mean, it's in your face 24 7. You know, whereas and back in the day, you had the pinup models. Well, that, you know, it was a little discreet. It wasn't, you know, oh, it's kind of yeah, sexy, kind of like, ooh. But now it's everywhere. You turn on the TV, oh my God, you got somebody making out on the TV on regular TV now. And it's I, like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. I just saw his buttocks on regular TV. You know what I mean? <laughs> I remember on NYPD Blue how that was. I don't yes. even remember that shit. So if anybody, I so do. Yeah, everybody's like, oh, NYPD Blue. I remember that. It was yeah. I showed <laughs> it was his butt. Huge, yeah, big moment. Yes, yeah. That, that was, was insane. The biggest moment in TV history. Yeah. Moon landing. What's his name? What's his name's butt Dennis on Front, NYPD right? Blue? Yes. Oh my Front? god, that was so funny. Yeah. Was it his? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it so. wasn't even, and it wasn't even like, ooh, his butt was like so fine. It was more of like, oh my god, we just saw an ass on TV, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I oh my god! For as, for as much as for as much as they love to say things are changing, I don't. You know, some things are good, some things haven't changed at all. Which, if you're into rock and roll, that's okay. Right, right. right. But, but Rachel, what what do you have going on right this very minute that that you want to just shout out and have us go look at and look for? What do you got? Mm. Oh gosh! Your social media links will be in the description of this episode. Okay, perfect. And obviously, you want to spell it correctly, so it's R A C H E A L B L A Z E, and that's all my handles for all of my social media. Um, Right now, I'm really I am booked out for the the end of this year for tons of events. So. I will be at like the VampCon here in Chicago, um, different Comic-Cons. And um, so I'm like, come see me, come get a picture with me. But the biggest part I'm working on is making the advocacy program a nonprofit um, for women to be able to afford explants and work with surgeons and hospitals and getting the medical care that they need during this process, because not everyone has been educated about breast implant illness. Um, it's a very big passion for me. I could have easily have said, Oh, I removed my breast implants. I'm better. I'm moving on with my life. But something was pulling me that there are young ladies. There's right. I have a 16 year old daughter and you know, you got to think about those soon to be 18 year old young ladies are like, I want to get my boobs done. It's only $3,000. 
you know, and they see the the stigma on social media that, oh, I get a hundred thousand likes if I show my boobs and my butt, you know, that's, there's a, I, I'm, I tell the ladies, I said, there's a lot that comes with that. There's a price to pay for that. And whether it be your health or whether it be somebody who, who has stalked you or is sending you nudie penis pictures in your, it's crazy. And you have to be very mindful of the world we live in because now it's, you know, now it's life and death kind of. Now you've got people mm-hmm. that are serious about killing people over, oh my God, you're beautiful and I want you and I can't have you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's crazy. The world is getting a little bit more difficult. And, um, but with that being said, it's like, that's the biggest thing I have going on right now is the breast implant illness. Um, obviously I have the Midwest page, which is on Facebook. So if there are any ladies who are experiencing any symptoms or even question, Oh, I'm not feeling well, we get the, we get the, Oh, you're getting older or you're just tired or you're psychotic or you need to get psychological help or it's your hormones. It's not. So don't trust and believe that. Cause it's not, I mean, back in the day, women lived well over a hundred back, 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 back in the day without all of this extra stuff in the world. So I, I wanted to make sure that I help as many people by sharing my story. I did go public and I shared my story and I, I'm not going to lie. There's some pretty nasty, ugly, gruesome pictures. They're not beautiful. And this is the reality of this illness. And I advise everyone to just at least educate and make yourself aware that this can happen and it is a matter of not when you know if it happens it's a matter of when because it's gonna happen mine i i unfortunately mine happened right away i didn't know the symptoms and i couldn't correlate the minor symptoms with oh yeah i just got my boobs done so yeah that's why i have acne on my face or yeah that's why i have really dry skin no there's no correlation to it and then the longer they sit into your body the worse it gets. Take a look at some of those pictures and videos I posted on my Instagram. It's insane. It, there is no rupture. It is the, the breakdown of an implant that legitimately melts in a woman's body. It melts. So that's the biggest thing I've got and a lot of these events. And then next year where I've got a comic book that's coming out about Lustra. I will be yes so look for that um also i will be on another book cover for the sequel to hell's embrace um i've got quite a few photo shoots coming up for next year so next year will be a lot better than this year because obviously i'm recouping i'm healing i'm still healing from my it's major surgery when you open up your chest it's major surgery so um i have to take that time to heal and get myself together and next year (laughs) I'm going to be blazing trails. Watch out. Watch yes. out. I, oh, when, I tell you. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go, go ahead. <laughs> no, go. Uh, well, I was, I, w- I was going to ask um, about your Facebook page. Sure. Um, uh, obviously, link is in the description, but if you want to just shout it out, please, yeah, by I'm all fa- means. Oh, for the Midwest page? Did I give that to you? Yeah. It's the Mid- Midwest chapter of breast implant illness. And that's on Facebook. And then I also have understanding breast implant illness for spouses, family, and friends. Um, Because now you have your friends and your families who can join without seeing a bunch of breast pictures, which are, you know, there's a group that's very private 
Um, so now this is for families. There's kids that are in this group. So anyone who needs that help, please, I don't even care if you don't live in the Midwest and you want to know, go ahead and join the group and um, get as much education. And I'm always there as far as admin. I have a great team on that, those two pages and ready to answer any questions that anybody has. Um, also, you can follow around my story on Instagram. I do my little pop-ups and I'm like, here, I got a flare up. This is what I'm going through today. Um, and so like today I just posted a picture of me doing my lymphatic. Um, it's not a massage and I don't know the name of the machine, but it's a machine that hooks you. Um, they hook up these paddles up to your lymphatic system and usually kind of like right here by my neck and like under my armpits and um, various different places. And literally if you were to touch my body, I'm electrical. You can oh. feel, you could feel the oh, wow. current in my body. Wow. And instantly when he hooks me up to that machine, it gives me a lymphatic release. Um, huh. It's, it's amazing. It's instant. Like your nose will start releasing, like your sinuses, your eyes, things will start draining wow. like they're supposed to. Yeah. Um, a lot of the times with women who have breast implants, their lymphatic system gets clogged. You get viruses, you get bacteria. You're basically like a backed up sewer. Um, and so it's, it's kind of nasty. And, and you talk about parasites. Let's talk about parasites. That comes with it too. I'm just saying. Yeah. Breast implants are not worth it. Any type of foreign object. You got men doing, you got men that are doing implants. They found a cancer in a person's butt implants. Jeez. Yes. So, I mean, the little lab rats that they use and they implant these plants, uh, impl uh, the implants into these little rats, it's really sad. I have a picture and they implant it and not even months later, they're growing tumors. Oh my God. I don't know. Jeez. Unbelievable. I'm going to put a warning for people about that because that messed me up just now hearing that. <laughs> yeah, that's it's pretty crazy. nasty, you guys. That's, and that's the, the journey back to health and living is a long one. I'm eight yeah. months post-op and I am still detoxing all of this crap and junk and bleh. I mean, it's yeah. nasty. It's yeah. enough to make you want to puke all the time. It's gross. <laughs> well, so. I, 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 I tell you, you know, we, we've hit a lot of, of different avenues in, in this awesome interview, but I think it's avenues that I think everybody needs to hear and needs to, um, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people out there hurting right now. Yeah. And um, yes. I, 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 I hope, I only hope our audience is going to be, um, be, be just help you through your journey, help know who you are awesome. and, and, and find out everything you're about. And um, I mean, this is actually, this is pretty good. Like a, this is like full circle interview because we started <laughs> with the breast implants and we ended. Um, and I just, first of all, Rachel, you are absolutely amazing. Thank okay. you for sharing your story with us. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. you. It's not a pleasure. Only your, not only your story, but like um, like who you are as a person. Um, because in this life, it takes all kinds of people to, to become a success and to follow their dreams and to fight the good fight through what we call life. Yes. And and I am so happy and proud to have you on the show. So thank you. 
Oh, thank you for having me on the show. You guys are amazing. You're gonna make me cry. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm gonna do the girl cry. Oh, no. and, and, oh wait, wait, Eric, Eric, and I want to say on and and. I okay. Um. Oh, got the warning sign, and I okay. just came back. Okay. Everybody, thank you for listening to today's episode. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your, your story. And as always, everybody, be excellent to each other. <laughs>